What is up everyone? This is Sarah G. It is Gen Z Gab. Let's get into it. So my So my Monday mood is going to be, I've been hanging out more with my family, family, friends, and a lot of youngsters around these days, and I'm not going to get too much into it, but honestly, these honey badger kids, Gen Alpha, I guess they are, are completely unhinged, and I just want to give a shout out to those parents who are doing the respectful parenting who are using their patience, like watching just, and me even not feeling too scared watching that because in a different generation, it just would have been different. And I've been talking a lot about how weird it is moving home as a 20 something year old and maybe having more old school parenting styles. So seeing some of this, hopefully, you know, will be a different style that more people will move forward with. And again, it's not me being ungrateful, it's me just noticing different things, and it's just super funny. And it's just very interesting how no shit they give about anything. Even if you tell them it's dangerous and explain the consequences. Like, I don't know if you've seen videos, and occasionally I do pop up on my For You page or TikTok. Well, of TikTok and Instagram. But the fact that sometimes these kids just pick up raccoons and squirrels, no matter how many times the parents are like, there are rabies on them. Just the unhinged that these people talk about, as well as, I mean, you should go and follow the nurse psych on uh, TikTok because she talks a lot about this stuff. And it's just so funny. And it just brings me little bits of joy that, you know, don't always happen. But I'm not saying one way or another, but if you do have family around and if you have family friends around and you're just hanging out and seeing that, I hope, you know, little funny things bring you joy. But yeah, they're a move because they don't give a shit and we used to have that energy and we've grown as much now. So yeah, as we move along, I am going to just preface this with I am going to take a break. As many people know, I've been getting very burnt out and just not feeling 100% like I'm giving this my all anymore. You know, it's kind of funny, ironic that I'm a lot feeling like Tom Holland, even though I'll never get to his level. But him even talking about it and just the stigma we have, because with our society where work, 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 especially with the level of success that he has, but he has decided because of his Apple TV show recently, giving and making more of a moment of mental health, he needed to prioritize that after going through some emotions that he wasn't feeling. And, you know, Kim and Zendaya keep up a lot of stuff together where it's kind of hard to, um, you know, keep everything completely private. And I really applaud their relationship. But that's kind of why, you know, anyone that's kind of had some things to say about it, I just was like, oh, about me not work in the hustle game enough or whatever. Well, I also have a part-time consulting job, which, you know, that takes some time. I'm also trying to get more of my 
content creator acting career launched. So there's just a lot of things going on right now. I have to, you know, keep going to some classes, getting better, working on myself. And there's just not enough time to give this my whole energy. I mean, again, I try to give you guys 25 to 40 minutes of real solid content. And even if I personally haven't felt like a lot of results either, then that's fine. But the fact that I'm putting in so much effort and not seeing it, and before anybody says you should go and sign up for X, Y, and Z classes, I don't have enough time or money to do that where you have to pick and choose. Some people have to bargain more. Some people have to manage their money a little bit better. And considering that I'm entering this phase in my life where I also need to start looking at health insurance, not everything is feasible. I think the problem with, as I change gear, influencer culture especially, you know, you think that they're talking real and they're being authentic one minute, but then they go and rent out an entire house, etc. They say they want to have more real connections, but then go and date the same people, same type of people. So to me, I just wanted to put it in a lens of I'm not an influencer. I am. And yes, and before anyone says, well, you're a micro creator. Yes. But I personally don't really want to be an influencer. And before anyone says, but you're kind of doing it all like that. Yes and no. But again, I just want to you know, still feel validated for how much work I put in, because this is a lot. This is creation, direction, production, all of that stuff. And, you know, podcasts usually only have a 173-day life. The fact that I'll make this till 60 episodes, I know is a big win, but just the trajectory that I thought that it was going to go was better. And you win some and you lose some. And before anyone said, poor, poor me, it's also very hard to compete when you have so many influencers having their podcasts. And besides that, former child stars, etc., where the whole unit becomes extra saturated as well. And even these can be good podcasts, but it's just so hard when you've started from scratch and you don't have a lot of, you know, ways to grow, even if people go, well, you could sign up for X, Y, and Z. Again, I can't because a lot of this stuff is not at a feasible price range for people like me. So, and I think a lot of people feel that way because also I don't have enough money to hire an assistant. I don't have enough money to, you know, have someone help me with content strategy. There's just a lot of things that I've physically cannot do right at this moment. And I think that I've said that in the past. So I just wanted to clarify that again, because if people go, oh, she's just complaining. No, I am again, thankful for each and every one of you that listens to it. But again, at the end of the day, it's been like over a year. I haven't gotten any sort of review. I haven't really, I mean, I'm growing, but it's just so stagnant. And it's just a lot of work that you know, it doesn't pay off as much. And it's, you know, great to do what I'm doing. But it's just it's hard to give high energy, high quality content every week if you're not fully seeing the results. And again, I know I've stuck it out a little over more than a year. But 
and I hope that I come back soon-ish. I just need a break because of all the other stuff going on in my life, and there's no shame in that, and I want to let everyone know that because I feel like even influencers go and record on, like, the road sometimes, which is fine, too. That shows dedication, but nobody's lazy for wanting to take a break. I just need to emphasize that and hopefully after a little break I have more guests I have more energy I have a nicer viewpoint of the world because right now it's not the best and I don't want to drag other people down with me I do like being transparent with everyone but I do also think that there's a price to pay because again ADHD OCD we have so many like feelings that go along with it and people go comorbidities but that's the thing and sometimes it's burnout you're not sleeping well you've got to get x y and z done and there's just so much that not everyone can do there's only this many hours and we got to stop thinking that way like you just notice how toxic all these like small like these business mindsets are and these influencer mindsets and again i want to talk about toxic influencers a little bit right now and specifying one thing we can say all the x y and z say that they want to help exploitation of children but they don't really do anything but separately the fact that a lot of people still come to the defense of Pauline Bollinger like how the hell her and Trisha Paytas get invited on to things because it's controversial like, I love and I'm so thankful people are speaking out against it. Like, we have these weird parasocial relationships. And I've fallen into that, too, where it's not at this level, thank God, but where you think that they're, you're closer than you are or that these influencers want you to follow them and then they sell out. I mean, there's just different levels to this craziness, but this is, like, a good example, too, that girls can just as well be as boys and that why you need to keep an eye out on your kids whatever and that's why we shouldn't even have you know family bloggers anymore like so many people from some of the stuff that I followed when I was a high schooler like some of those old creators who now are moving on with their life now they're trying to have babies just to make more content and that's ridiculous and I know it's more than that but it's just Hearing those kind of things just give me the ick, and it's like a lot of people just are really like old school more, these family channels especially, but it's even like making me lose interest in Sean Johnson and all of those people because they went from went from like actually showing what they were known for as their skill to now just family bloggers and it doesn't work well. Again, the Fisher fam needs to stop. And it's so funny that a lot of these people claim that like other former child stars, other former whatever, and then they follow still some of these families without realizing it. And again, I talk about this so much, but it just still bothers me. And it's to the point where I, I know I can control anything. I know I have no say over anything or doing but it's just that I needed to say this before you know I hopped off because I think that we don't understand 
how how problematic our society is, especially with social media. And these kids are having everyone watch them 24-7. Like, it's worse than a Nick or a Disney show where you're cheesing all the time. So, yeah. I also wanted to say a thing that I don't like about some of these podcasts anymore, which I've said before, is that they just complain and talk shit about everyone else. They think they're being real talk. A lot of them have decided to just, like, say, oh, I'm not problematic anymore, sweep under the rug. Kind of like, here's the thing. I know people are not going to fully like me for saying this, but I have mixed reviews about the whole Katherine Heigl thing. Do I like that she's changed her mind a little bit? Yes. And her viewpoint, she said some things in the past. I know we all say things in the past, yes. Do I agree? It's a man's world, so they get to say kind of whatever they want and get invited back on, like Isaiah Washington. A hundred percent. But do I feel like everything she's, you know, portraying and saying is more of a PR move? Yeah. So it's one of those, like, I'm kind of torn on how to feel and everyone praising this moment. It's just, I don't know. And I kind of know that that's problematic. But again, younger millennials, elder Gen Z, we were kind of not around for that shit storm that was going on. So now we look back and don't really see it. So maybe they are trying to give good publicity in that case. I do appreciate, though, Ellen Pompeo talking about how her own daughter said, Mom, you can't be a pick-me girl, even though Meredith Grey is the only pick-me girl that you would ever really want. But I don't really, like... The past two years, I'm like, when I hear pick me, choose me, love me, I'm like, how the fuck? Like, that would not fly today. Like, two, three years ago, I realized that was not the best line, but it's still one that people use, and we can't get mad at it because it's just how it is. It's not something they do today. So, yeah, there's that. I also, before we kind of segue into some other things, because I know that there's a lot to cover. I mean, there's stuff going on and on and on all the time, but I just think that not everyone needs to have also a podcast or a book. And I know people are going to say, what does that have to do? When I see these celebrities giving in interviews, talking about the podcast they're running, talking about this, it seems like it's just a marketing way for them to have their second and their third act. And for me, who hasn't even had one act yet, and I'm getting, again, older, it kind of frustrates me to see all of that unfold, because it's like, I see, with the writer's strike, I see so many of them getting underappreciated, and same with kind of the actors, that middle-class actor, and it's just so frustrating to watch all these things unfold, and you see that still it's like the network executives, like the influencers, just kind of keep working through and they get marching on, they get paid the big bucks and so on and so forth. And I know you gotta fake it till you make it in a lot of ways, but that's just not what I'm feeling anymore. And, you know, it's just so interesting to see people say they stand with blah, 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 but then they don't behave like it. And again, it's so interesting how much, again, men can get away with versus females can get away with male versus female, all that stuff. And I know that I'm rambling, but it's just how I'm able to witness it all throughout everything and how these celebrities, celebrities get away with so much. Because 
even I have fallen under that illusion of, oh, they're not that fake. They can't be that fake. So, yeah. I think as I conclude this part of the podcast, I do want to say, though, again, how much, if you haven't seen Primo yet, go and watch it, because I... I need to talk about it more. I need more than eight episodes. I need more than eight episodes of jury duty. There's just so much there. There is just, oh. And again, the writers, we have to compliment the writers so well because writers are what make everything happen. As well as what movies have I actually watched recently that I like or old rewatch. I rewatched Treasure Planet because that's, I wish, if Disney's listening, I wish that you would, like, just re-vamp um, the whole Treasure Planet to do what, like, Monsters at Work did. Obviously, pay your writers double for that because they got that scrapped. I do also want to say that I watched Oliver and Company, and yeah, I mentioned recently, again, Primo, how much the family is like that in Oliver and Company, and so many other films but, like, I guess you could use Jungle Book, bam. And because I've started to think of, like, The Incredibles when they talk about that stuff as well. Because that's, like, the intro to one of them. But, like, I don't see, though, that family as The Incredibles, especially after that one intro with whatever the family decided to say or the uncles decided to say about it. But it's just so funny to, you know, really see for once in your life, especially more so now, that type of show with a lot of relatability to anyone who's been in a big family. I say that a lot because you look back at some of these golden year shows and yeah, they had some of that, but they still had some problematic nuances that, you know, they could make better today. And it's kind of just hard for me to really be able to sit still and watch without pointing out every problematic thing from like the 1950s through 70s shows which I know is whatever, and that Sarah, you're just so woke. But it's true, there's just so many moments where I'm like, see, but this is finally a show that everyone can enjoy. Everyone from all ages, everyone from any type of family background, big family, you know, just overbearing moments with overbearing people in your life. It's got a lot of heart and soul, which I know is so ironically, uh, said a lot of times but it's true and I love Parks and Rec and Jury Duty gives me that vibe as well and I just it's just so good I can't begin to say how many moments that I've reacted to and yeah I'm still kind of obsessed with Exo Kitty and I'm watching some other things that I'll be pulling clips off and reacting to but it's just what you know you see sometimes some little moments and it's just so beautifully written to the point where you're wondering is this even like a character or a real person and I know that we have to separate in a lot of ways but that was just kind of how I feel but yeah go back and watch some of those Disney classics if you feel like you want to find some of that feeling again after you know re-watching Primo and the fact that that show, though, <laughs> only has eight episodes and they're all 20 minutes is really sad because you blow through them so quickly. Uh, never have I ever. There's so much to unpack there that I don't even have time to do that today. I just wanted to shout out, like, the whole thing about how I'm glad they've, you know, have had a successful four-run, four-season, uh, you know, 
I'm glad that, you know, Little Mermaid is still in the top charts of the box office. I love uh, the, the women empowerment that comes through that movie as well as how others are standing up for Hallie, which is great. You love to see that, especially because the person who played Vanessa is blocking people left and right because she does not like how people are saying that she should have played Ariel when it's actually Hallie's voice. So, yeah. I lost my train of thought. See, that's where we're at today. But yeah, there's just so much going on. There's so many layers, so many intricacies of life that we could talk about, but it's just that I'm burnt out. Obviously, again, the smog, wear your mask, pull out that N95 mask if you've been, you know, here since uh, COVID or whatever, had one since COVID, and hearing all the wildfire stuff. I mean, there used to be a wildfire stuff in Australia, in California. There's just so many lists of where it's like, yeah, just go, and if you have to go outside, wear your damn mask in a different way. Sorry if that was a little preachy, but that's kind of how my life is these days. But yeah, um, and yes, if you're curious still about the Colleen Bollinger thing, go and follow the Impact Instagram, because they can give a lot more info, as well as, I hate to say it, but Reddit pages gave me more info on what was going on, but I truly don't, like, again, the fact that Reddit is one of those weirdly, strangely, like, my strange addiction, like, you really have to keep that cycle going, even though you want to stop reading, it's like, we're, it's better slash worse than the tabloids in a lot of ways, but it's becoming, like, a guilty pleasure, like, TMZ probably was for millennials, like, now you have the whole world at your fingertips, separately moving on as we kind of wrap this up. Ticketmaster and me are not friendly right now. I also blame you, Matt Reif. I blame you because you're finally coming. You're finally coming to my city and there is only single tickets slash nothing being sold. So when I'm looking at everything and it is what it is, it's fine. It's just that I find it all a really funny moment here when Again, of all the people, like, you want to see, I've seen John Marco uh, here, I've seen Jack Wyatt, like, a lot of these people I've seen, I mean, I'm working still to see Laura High, but I feel like her and Matt would be most likely to sell out an auditorium, and then the rest of us be like, it's Taylor, it's Taylor, it's Taylor versus Ticketmaster all over again, which is just so great and not at all stressful and not at all um annoying to see so many people post about the whole taylor swift box office thing so yeah i never thought i'd have an issue with ticketmaster mainly because i thought that it would just kind of work magically because i didn't think anything of it because i thought they fixed it since Taylor Swift, plus I didn't think that I knew of anyone that was big enough as Taylor Swift to have this, like, crashing problem. But no, I guess that's a separate issue that we're dealing with right now, so. Also, with Father's Day coming up, that I have no idea really what to get for my own parent, my own father. I mean, I had the same issue with my Mother's Day gift. It always seems to circle back to you know, it says what comes from the heart, yes, but they also want something that, you know, comes from 
the pocket. So it's very frustrating because it's like, what do they like? Even though you've given them the same exact thing over and over and over again. And even when you do meaningful stuff, it still doesn't feel quite like enough. And then I start to think about just how different both sides of my family are. And after watching Primo, there's just so many things like where the insanity of your family, the pettiness, like I've mentioned before. And again, a lot of the stories that I have would probably land me in a ditch because of how you have to tell the story, even if people know. It's like, do they know? But there's so many things. But I feel like we all, one thing I will say, though, with summer coming up and more family time, I feel like we all spend more time, again, in the presence of family, spending more time with gathered around, barbecuing, all that stuff, family reunions, where, you know, repressed stuff comes circling up. And I think about, like, family photos, because so many people talk about how they took family photos recently, just an updated version, and how that's always a train wreck, especially in my family. And I'm so glad that we haven't attempted to do that in, like, seven years, eight years. I don't, I understand that we have new additions, but we do not need to go back that direction. We do not need that type of picture. We do not need that drama that goes along with it. So, yeah. We do not need any of that because I'm sorry. Also, like if you've seen the picture episodes of Modern Family, that is my family in a nutshell. That is people fighting over how, what you should wear, who you should wear, who should be in the picture, who doesn't belong in the picture, screaming matches. It's just what happened. And you don't even realize it like at the time, but between that picture perfect esque of black and white or white or this and that this color blue versus that color blue this color green you know just matching outfits like make it look like a prom pick and only for older people to be like that is such a beautiful picture whereas most people don't give a shit except for if they're elderly about how perfect your family looks because in reality, you know how much shit goes down to get that picture. You know what happens. And I honestly would love to see an episode of Primo be the Gonzalez family picture and just see how many things go wrong there. Because again, watching, I rewatched that Modern Family episode. And I'm like that, yeah, that feeling of no more making people wear things that, um, other people in the family pick out that's why Gloria chose a just black ensemble simple which was good and then she's like because I don't want to have to smile through my teeth anymore and lie to people about how much I love the gift even though we all do that in families also the funny part about modern family that I noticed was another thing that you know the more I get older the more I see the toxicity of some of these characters and don't like their and none of them really deserve a lot of redemption but i in the end, Gloria is the best, and I love her whole, like, situation, and the pettiness, like I said, is so relatable. Like, she took her sister's life, basically, but she also took her sister's painting from her multiple times, and I know that we all have that heirloom, like, our family heirloom, whether that be, like, a blanket, or a pair of earrings, or whatever, but in this case, Gloria had the painting of their papa, and he was her sister's apple of the eye, whatever. And she 
it explains kind of why she was with Jay, but whatever. But the point is that, you know, they did everything because a parent or a grandparent pitted you against each other. And that just like goes to show like how psycho family dynamics can get how deep rooted, you know, a lot of things that we have to do to heal our child, our inner child. If anything, it just showed me how much I need to do before I ever consider having kids because man, when you look through all that generational, duh, that's not good. It is not good. Not at all. You don't even know where it ends or where it begins. And, ooh. and again, people go, you can hold on to a grudge that long. Let's just say I have a family member that's been holding on to a grudge since like 1960 over some family heirloom. And there has been a lot of keep away, pick it up, take it away, and then pretend you don't have any idea what's happening with it because they don't think one person takes well enough care of it, etc. Because, yeah. And so when you ask me why, like, you know, Sonia and Gloria are so at each other's throats about things, uh, because she stole her life, kind of. And, you know, she just did some sneakily things, as well as petty things, such as you know, eventually she tries to take Jay from Gloria, which it's just, yeah, a whole comedic dysfunctional thing but it could be based off of true events the more that you see things and realize the connectivity to yourself and your family also i was gonna say though with primo the thing with the the roof episode that made me think of the pettiness that family members hold over like people go bike waited 10 years for that uh-huh again i've had a family member fight over some stupid thing since the 1960s and i know it's not stupid because it's actually pretty cool but it's just one of those like all these things that lead family like turmoil and hatred and whatever it's just so insane like you would think it's over an object not like real human life but like when you start talking about it people think it's like a real human life that people are fighting over and then when they find out that it's an object it's like Oh my gosh. And it makes me even think of like Rita Moreno in The Mentia with the um, one day at a time when she had to put it into the casket with, you know, that Tia Ophelia just so that her and her sister could stop fighting. But just like the whole thing just, it explains so much about what big families go through. And so I hope, you know, with each passing father's and mother's day that i get the right presence so that maybe even though i know my parents aren't quite like this level of crazy that some past generations have i don't want to have like pettiness building up years after years after years and then exploding and then i break my arm on a trampoline just watch primo seriously to get that reference but yeah it just there's so much to unpack there just so so much and yes i will never understand every little thing but now i understand why tv writers do a lot of writing i feel like they were probably the oldest or the middle child in the midst of chaos trying to just survive everything else everyone else and yeah it, how well did it go in the end of the day we don't know but if you want to still like keep an eye out for all the stuff that's going on with the strikes follow sagfra and a, a, uh, and Writer's Strike Unite, which has both 
WGA East and Writers Guild West, but you can follow all of them on Instagram. And please, if you do anything with TV shows like me where I react to certain scenes, please, please, please take the writers and the producers, the directors as well. But if I know you can't fit everyone in, but I think that we really need to honor as much as like, look, writers need actors for their shows and we need actors more than anything. We're short on the end of the stick for both sides, but we really need to start showing some appreciation to writers because I think we just kind of blow over them and we don't realize how necessary they are. I mean, we we know that's what network executives are doing, kind of like where now that the actors are doing stuff, it's like even scarier, but the fact that it needed to be two people to do that, that's what stinks. And yes, again, the writers, I like to make jokes, are the middle child forgotten, because it's true. And the directors are never going on strike, because they only did that once in like the 1980s. But if we can keep showing solidarity to them, and, you know, giving the momentum to keep moving forward, I think that that'll go along a lot smoothly, especially because we have a few months till things go back on air, and that's okay. I'm not upset with things being halted right now. We need to give appreciation. We need to give credit where credit is due, and we don't always do that. And I think that it's an important moment that we don't really take time to reflect on anymore. And I think about that a lot every year that passes and how much I've learned about behind the scenes and how much I've learned about what goes into making something unique, great, wonderful, heart-stopping, show-stopping. And I think we don't give enough credit, especially to writers, but we need to give credit so much of the crew who make things possible for cast and actors. Even the makeup artists get kind of skimmed over and they're the ones that make it look pretty or not. Like I think about this a lot when I watch other podcasts and I'm like, when they have like a Freddie Benson on their podcast, I'm like, it's amazing how well, even if you're getting shit on even if a person's being shit on or something, they still make this person look good. And I mean, it shows like the strength that you have as a person and the not pettiness that you clearly grew up around. So yeah, it was just some food for thought. This has been episode 57 of Gen Z Gab. And we-